Welcome back to Out of the Rough, a fantasy golf podcast brought to you by We Know Fantasy. This is Nate with We Know Fantasy, and for the first time in quite some time, I'm actually here on consecutive podcasts, as I've missed uh, <laughs> seen like every other for the past month or so. But we're here today, and today I have Lenny with me. Lenny, how we doing? I'm excited for this tournament. We got the PGA Championship this week, another major. We're rolling into kind of all these big tournaments coming in here quick. Um, so I'm excited. How about you, Nate? Yeah, I'm doing fine, and I'm excited as well. Second major of the year, and this kind of starts a run of, like you said, a lot of uh, big big golf, big tournaments, big money to be had here, knocking them out left and right, and a lot of content to be had here in the We Know Fantasy uh, Network. Uh, speaking of that, you can follow us on social media at Out of the Rough WK on both Twitter and Instagram, and follow We Know Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at We Know Fantasy. Visit our website, WeNoFantasy.com, for more fantasy sports content, including fantasy golf, basketball, baseball, NASCAR, football, you name it. The We Know Fantasy crew has you covered. So, uh, for the first time in some time, I actually have results for you. I don't know. Uh, it's probably not a good thing, though. Uh, last week, AT&T Byron Nelson at TPC Craig Ranch. First year at the course, and, you know, I don't know about you, Lenny, but I missed uh, pretty hard on a few of these guys. Uh, Daniel Berger was my was my uh, saving grace with a tied for third. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Tony Hoge, and Fabian Gomez all missed the cut. And Luke Liss had a T for 73, so he made the cut at least. But, yeah, just that burger at T3 was the only thing I had going for myself. What about yourself, Lenny? I had uh, one play that was really good, and uh, but it wasn't the kind of the main core that I had talked about in here. But I used Snedeker and Hank Leviota in that one, which both of them finished T17. So when you're kind of picking your bottom guys, Snedeker was 7-4, Lebiota at 6-9, and both of them finished in the top 20. It's a great sign. I had Bryson up top, though. He finished 55th. Not what you want to see when you're picking the, the big dog up there over 11K. And then I had a Fitzpatrick and Peters miscut. Um, so, I mean, kind of mixed results for me this past week. Yeah, like I said, first time at the course in the first uh, professional, not professional, PGA event at the TPC Craig Ranch as what was the, the Corn Ferry Championship was there in 2012. But besides that, not much to go off. So we're here this week, the PGA Championship at Ocean Course in, how do you say that, Kiowa Island? Yep, Kiowa. Oh, look at that. Culture. South Carolina. <laughs> um the, this course's claim to fame is it boasts the most seaside holes in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, there's 10 of them that line the Atlantic Ocean here, making it one of the most beautiful courses in the world, but does add the challenges that come along with being a coastal course. As it lies on the coast, golfers will have to deal with the uh, coastal weather, the unpredictable winds, high winds, uh, things coming off of the Atlantic there. Um one of, this is one of the more famous Pete Dye courses as well. We've talked about Pete Dye in the past. Uh, this was designed uh, in, in in inspiration of Scotland and Ireland courses with the rolling hills and dunes. And it's more of a – it's like a link style course, I guess you could say, but it's not – it doesn't really yeah. fall into the exact format I would, of the links. I would call it a link style course. Yeah, I think it's, you can call it that, but there's some things that make it that don't make it a link style. But it, it, it in a way, it is a link style course. Uh, let's see, distance will be of importance this week, especially if the wind does play a factor. So big bombers may have some fun here. 
The PGA Championship was played here in 2012, and names such as Rory McIlroy, Adam Scott, Tiger Woods, Bubba Watson, John Daly all placed in the top 20 of that event, and they were also all in the top 35 of driver distance that season. Uh, that goes into that. As with every die course, tee shots are daunting and diabolical, which means course management, position golf, and accuracy off tee boxes are priorities this week. So along with this, we know that Dye emphasizes the second shot. He loves to really uh, mess with golfers and make sure that when they dig it off the tee, they have a an approach shot that is um, set up the way they play the golf. So we need to see some success there. Uh, so it necessarily – it does – is uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Off the tee isn't necessarily um, the, the deciding factor here. You can still – play off the tee and not be a top dog there and still win at this event is what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, I think an easy way to put that is kind of it's a second shot course where you're either your layup on a par five or your approach into the par fours, getting it on the green and getting it on the right spot of the green are going to be very key. We did talk about the link style, so narrow fairways, um, you know, a lot of dunes and hills involved here, so... You know, if you do hit the fairway, you could even end up on the side of a, a dune or something, not giving you the best of shots. Uh, those, the greens here at this course are smaller than the PJ average. Uh, let's see, this is about 6,000 square foot per per green. So finding the fairways will be crucial. And, of course, your position there will help you hit the greens. Each of the greens are also elevated. Uh, it was designed this way so, you know, you have the backdrop of the ocean and, and the golfers can see the ocean and the waves and whatnot. So that having elevated greens makes it, uh, you know, uh, uh, more wind up there. So if you're trying to get on with your approach shot, you may have to club up with those uh, elevated winds up there on those on those greens. And key stats to focus on this week, in my opinion, shots gained approach, strokes gained around the green, par fours gained and fairways gained. Anything I missed there, Lenny? Um, distance or range finders will be in play this week also. They will be allowed to use them. Um, I'm not entirely okay. sure why. I think to uh, supposedly increase the speed of play, I think it's going to have slowed it down because um, everyone's going to want to be double-checking their numbers, and it kind of takes away some of the advantage some of the really good caddies have out here, I think, uh, and your caddies putting in the work to know the numbers from all the different places and your landing zones. But um, that's just one change, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays. I think it kind of lends a hand to some of the less accurate hitters that are going to be in the waste areas that don't have measurements. Um you know, you don't have sprinkler head to go off of. You don't have any landmarks to go off of. You can get a more accurate number than maybe kind of you're pacing it out and guessing. Maybe we see a little bit of a helping hand to some of those guys. I don't know. I'm interested to kind of see how it all works out, how it plays. And, but, I mean, you kind of covered everything with the course. So, kind of ready to get into our guys. All right, let's do it then. Since uh, we don't have Sean this week, I guess you'll kick it off for us. So who's your $10,000-plus play this week? For me, I'm going with Jordan Spieth this week. I know Ram is there at the 10-5. I'm passing on him. I'm going with the bottom guy here with Jordo. You're feeling um, okay. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, 
I just think Jordan Spieth, he's, he needs this to, to get the career grand slam. Um, and one of the things that I kind of criticized him on earlier this year was his off the tee and how he struggled off the tee. But he's been pretty kind of, I guess, neutral, you could say, off the tee. He isn't really losing strokes. I think he's gaining by a fractional margin. But his short and speed, his approach has been one of the best on tour. His short game has been excellent. And, I mean, he's got three straight top tens. So his form is kind of unbelievable coming in. He showed last week that even though he was out with COVID, he's still an excellent player. He's still kind of got his game. It didn't seem like he was, you know, too far behind or struggling at all. I mean, I think it just fits Jordan and just with – with this, I don't necessarily want to get into the Rory, JT, Ron, Bryson too much because I think that ownership's going to be high and they all have – I mean, all of these guys have some sort of a question mark to them. And Jordan, I think, is he's just playing the best out of these guys right now. and That's kind of why I'm going with him at 10-1. And at 10-1, you can't, uh, can't hate that price, especially – being uh, just hundred dollars yeah, cutoff line there. Yeah, I mean, what's that? The sixth highest rated player, and he might be the best out of these guys right now on tour. So, yeah, I mean, so all of these guys. Be... Go ahead. Huh? Uh, what? Uh? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Talk about I'm your guy. Pulling my guy there, but you're still going. So, have at it. No, no. I was just gonna say, I, I have one of those guys you mentioned that you're avoiding in Bryson DeChambeau here at ten two. Like that price a lot for what you're getting out of uh, out of Bryson this week. We talked about how distance off the tee could be uh, crucial, especially if the winds start playing. And we know what Bryson does off the tee. I don't really have to go into that. Uh, you know, we usually see this guy. We usually see him as one of the top two, top one price players each week. But like you just said there with uh, Spieth at ten one, DeChambeau is the fifth highest price player this week. Uh, just everything here off the tee, uh, you know, a, a good putter, just those approach shots. We'd like to see some more out of him there, but we'll we'll hope that he gets up there and crushes the ball, gets himself set up well, and just has a good week, hits the ball straight, and avoids hazards, and I don't see how he couldn't have a good week. Yeah, I would consider playing Bryson a lot more if he didn't burn me this past weekend. Uh, I kind of – I probably will own him – a little bit at some point, um, maybe in one or two lineups, because I, he does have the game to win. And if he gains strokes on approach, like he is going to be in the in the top ten. I was just kind of looking at some of the stats right now. In every tournament except for the Genesis, where he's gained strokes on approach, he has finished T eight or better. So it's just the approach game, kind of. Well, whatever your gut feeling is on Bryson's approaches this week. I'm going with good. <laughs> All right, 9,000, 9,900. Let's switch it up. I'll lead this one. How about that? I Go have for it. Webb Simpson at 9-2 here. I just feel like this is someone that I keep gravitating to when I fill out lineups this week for some reason. And then, you know, when I sat down and do some research for this podcast, the reason is he's top 10 on the tour and hit fairway percentage and is tied for first in par four scoring. On top of that, he's a top 15 player in shots gained around the green. He's statistically perfect for this course. Um, 
you know me, I like to throw out statistics and I really lean that way when it comes to comes to my, you know, suggestions here. So I have to go with Simpson here, just nine to a great price and just fits the bill, fits the uh, check marks on my book. And I think he's going to have a great week. Does the neck injury concern you at all? You know, when I think about that, I think about the fact that my boy Kurt Angle won an Olympic gold <laughs> medal with a broken neck. So uh, I'm going to go with no. All right. Fair enough. I, I, I can't argue against Olympic Colts. Yeah. <laughs> for, for me, you know, though, I'm... I'm going off on a tangent real quick. WWE really yeah. did that man wrong. He's an American hero. They did the whole We Suck thing, and everyone hated him for a while. Come on, man. The dude literally won a gold medal for the United States of America with a broken neck. But, you know... That that's besides me, I guess. So yeah, who do you have in this price range? <laughs> uh, I'm going Victor Hovland. He is going to be very chalk. I think you know you might be looking at thirty percent ownership with him. So I, for me, when I pick him, I am going to be doing a lot of mixing and matching, kind of in my lower ranges of my seven K players and my six K players that I slide in there, and. Um, because he is going to have such a high ownership. I think he'll be good for kind of your single-entry ones, which I am a fan of. And But he's been one of the best players off the tee this entire year. Um, I think he's sixth-tee to green, fourth off the tee, hasn't lost strokes off the tee in a tournament this year uh, in the t- 2021 calendar year. So, like we said, this is going to be a long course, over 7,800 yards uh, potentially on some days. And you need to kind of get yourself out there in the fairway um, and give yourself, you know, as good of looks as you can with the approach game being so important. And he does have a good approach game. The only area he really struggles is around the green. And I've mentioned this before on the pod, right? He's improving around the green. And he is slightly gaining strokes. And he's gained strokes putting in his last six of the measured events that I'm looking at. It kind of, if you're someone who cares about the greens, uh, I'm, I'm normally not too big on, you know, the types of greens on courses, but both of his wins have come on the past pollen greens, which is what Kiwa Island plays with. So it's kind of, his only two wins have come on greens like this, and there's only three or four courses on the tour with them. I, I'll kind of buy in a little bit this week that maybe there's something with Hovland in these greens that, you know, he has figured out and he plays well on. So 9-3 going Victor Hovland. Yeah, I really can't um, – I really can't debate anything there. Uh, you know, we love Victor Hovland here on this podcast, and we've talked about him almost weekly. So, you know, I'm, I'm supporting that guy no matter what. So let's just move on forward. We're on to the $8,000 range, and this is your chance to lead off here. Uh, All right. Me. For me, I'm going with Scotty Scheffler. He's coming in at 8-5 this week. Uh, another guy off the tee, excellent. He's 13th on tour. He's also 25th in accuracy, which he's first in total driving. If you buy total driving as a stat, it's kind of a a made-up stat, I think, a little bit. But still, 
his off the tee game is excellent. Um, going to be putting himself in great positions for his approaches. Isn't going to be hitting it out into the waste area too often, which I love. Um, par fours, he's fifth. Birdie, you're better. So he can score low. Uh, kind of looking at his stats and his finishes at some of the major tournaments because I do believe in, you know, guys that kind of – you have to have the mental strength to finish well at a major event. He has – I don't want to say he's kind of like a specialty guy here because he hasn't won one. But if you look this year, he finished top five in both of the WGCs, uh, which are pretty much the kind of toughest fields you'll find. Um, and then since becoming a pro, small sample size here, but he's finished top 20 in every major that he's played in. You know, he won the Corn Ferry Tour finals his only year in the Corn Ferry Tour. So he's kind of has a, a good pedigree in, the, in some of the major events, some of the big time events. Uh, I think he's going to have the mental toughness. He's not going to fall apart at the end. You know, it's a little bit of a gut pick, kind of just going to be riding on that driver. Um, but it's kind of why I'm going Scheffler this week at 8.5. Yeah, that price to 8.5 for Scheffler is something I think is a, is a decent value. I know it's still up there in the 8,000s, but down at 8.5, I don't think you can really bat an eye at that. So. If if you know me, Lenny here, if you were to pick a golfer for me to pick in this price range, who would it be? In the eight K range, I I'm kind of torn. There's I I'm gonna have to say Daniel Berger. Uh you know a Daniel Berger guy, and last week I rode with him to a to a third place finish. But I'm going with my other main man, Will Zalatoris. Dang it! Yeah, that was that was the two I was in between. I do have a mention of Daniel Berger here being eight seven as well uh, in my notes here. So either or, to pick your poison. I'm just leaning towards Zalatoris here. This price just seems too good. I would expect him to be a nine thousand priced uh, player, especially what he did after his uh, appearance there at the Masters. Uh, you know, second place finish, first Masters, really just that's when he kind of bursts on the scene. You know, we've been talking about this guy for since the start of this podcast. He's really just a, you know, this 24 year old fantastic golfer composed. And I think he got that taste of what that really does to you at the Masters, where it propels you to the limelight and, and really just, you know, he remained calmed. And, you know, you figured someone making his first, uh, his first round at Augusta would really crumble there in the weekend, but he just held with it and, you know, came within a stroke of winning the event. I think he does the same thing here at the PGA, just, you know, calm, cool, collected, comes in, plays some great golf. Uh, on top of that, he's he's third best on the torn shot and strokes gain approach, top 25 golfer in par four scoring. He fits the bill. Uh, I just think he's going to end up being one of those ma- uh, major guys where, they just show up at majors and nothing can explain for it except just the just how they are mentally. Yeah, he uh, he led the tournament last week, I think, in approach, and and he can bomb it. He's a great driver. For me, it's more I I'm kind of forcing myself to stay away from him because I'm really trying to go with like a a Spieth Hovland combo up top, and I think he's yeah, going to be another chalky it. guy. Um, but yeah, plus the pricing. Um, but I think just if I include three real chalky guys, I might be kind of screwing myself. But I, I do think he's a good play. If we're going to talk about good plays and value, I got one here for you. The 7000 price range, going to the top of it, Abraham Answer. 
Man, oh man. I feel like this is an answer course. Third on the tour, I... fair rate hit percentage. Hold on. Sixth in par four scoring is a top 35 golfer in strokes gained approach. That sounds pretty good to me. The last time we saw him was his second place at the Wells Fargo just a few weeks ago. He's riding high and hot coming into uh, coming to this PJ Championship. Prior to Wells Fargo, let's see, fifth at the at the Vals Bar, top twenty at the RPC Heritage, twenty sixth at Masters. He's hot, playing great golf, and this course fits him at seven nine. He's going to be in a lot of my lineups. Yeah. I uh, I saw another guy at the top of the 7K range. I was really hoping you were going to mention. Who would that be? Is it Aaron Wise? <laughs> no, Joaquin <laughs> Neiman at 7'8". Uh, Joaquin Neiman's at 7'8", who's somebody I will own a lot of. Um, I just, uh, I just by default, just don't mention him <laughs> because I know it's I, so, he's going to be brought up in your end. Yeah, I, uh, I like a answer. Um, great ball striker, very accurate player. Uh, his distance worries me a little bit if it gets very windy. Uh, when I looked, I think this was yesterday or the day before, when I was looking at the wind, it doesn't look like it's going to get too bad, just kind of Friday, Saturday afternoons, um, where it's kind of maybe up to 15. But coastal area, this can change instantly. I, I mean, I think Abe Answer is a great pick, and the value at 7-9 is really good. He's another player who I will – um, probably own maybe in one or two lineups. Um, not as much as Joaquin Neiman. However, I, I think uh, just for the sake of everyone, I won't talk about Neiman. You know, this week I'll, I'll move on to somebody else. And I'm going to – I have three guys that I really like. I, I'll just mention all three of these. Neiman, Matt Wallace, and Emiliano Grillo in the 7K range. I love I'll talk about too. I like it. That means they're probably all missed cuts. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you guys realize at this point, if we all like agree on anyone here in this podcast, they're not a good play. Yeah, I mean, Matt Wallace has been great. Has gained around the green approach and off the team his last three, and he's at 7-4. Grio, he's at 7, so he's at the bottom of this range. So I'll mention Grio as well while we're here and we're a ton on the topic. And if you buy into the Scotty Scheffler total driving, you should buy into Emiliano Grillo. He's 11th in total driving on tour. Uh, on approach, he's gained four of the last five measured events. And so he's striking the ball great. He has, you know, kind of the Victor Hovland, um, I guess, I don't know, experience on some of these past pollen green courses. Uh Mike Hoba in Puerto Rico in the last three, he's finished T11 or better. Um, he also at the Corrales Punta Resort and Club Championship this year. Very long, very windy course, finished T6. So this is a little bit of a play where, you know, you're looking on Wednesday night and you see the weather might change a bit and it might get pretty windy, pretty blustery out there. He's someone that I'm probably going to end up plugging in, might make a few more swaps to get him in, just because he has, you know, kind of our recency bias. But in some of the most recent courses similar to this, he has played well. Um, so probably don't play any of these guys because we all love him. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that price range right there is so crucial in finding some success. If you're going to win some money and, 
And, you know, there's a, there's about four or five guys there we just talked about to uh, either choose or avoid whenever you, uh, whatever. I mean, at this point of this podcast, if you're listening to us 25 minutes deep, I want to believe that you you believe what we say or just, you know, you just roll the opposite of what we say and you're just making sure we're not picking someone you have in your lineup. I don't know. But let's finish off here the 6000 price range. Who do you have here, Lenny? Uh, I have Christian Bezaden out. He is someone who it's kind That's of like Rio. All right. He's like, uh, <laughs> this isn't going well. We have too many players we both <laughs> like. <laughs> He's somebody, though, like Rio, who is kind of good because um, he has a low ball flight, so he can kind of get through the wind. Not a great driver, uh, but he is, you know, excellent around the around the greens. Gained with his putter in four straight events. Go ahead. Second best on the tour in shots gained around the green. Well, there you go, yeah. And the thing is with, you know, at um, the PJ Championship this week, there isn't a whole heck of a lot of rough around the greens because the greens are all raised. Um, so if you miss, they're just going to, you know, ball should kind of settle into these lower areas creating a lot of opportunity for some creative chip plays, maybe some bump and runs, you know, probably some putts up the hill um, if you're Martin Timer. But I think his a player on the green, his creativity is going to really help him this week. And especially if it gets windy, I think he's a good play. Yeah. Uh, let's see. He's also a perfect 10 for 10 and, and made cuts this season. So there's that. That never hurts. Uh, yeah, that's always a good play here, especially under the 7000 price range. Your low-end guys. His top 10 did come in the Arnold Palmer in March, just to mention that. But, yeah, pretty much everything was said there. All I have, right, guys. I have another. I was going to say, I have another guy I can mention here to give him another one. At 6'6", Lanto Griffin. He's someone who has not really performed well in the majors, which concerns me. However, he does have kind of two things that really stick out. He's gained off the tee and approach in seven of his last eight events. So he has been, you know, striking the ball pretty well. Um, If he can around the green, make some putts, um, he could be someone, I don't want to say he's going to be in contention, but he wouldn't surprise me if he snuck into a top 20. So that's just kind of another, another guy to throw out there. All right, all right, all right. So just 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 stay ready because we're going to move on to the uh, the traded mark strokes gain proximity to course. That's S G uh, colon capital P lowercase T capital P uh, patent pending. I'm not sure if that's actually what would need to be happened here for us to go about claiming trademark. Yeah, I think it's trademark. So to put a TM there, I think that's all you have to do, right, to make it legal. Yeah. Little, what is it like? Remember that old four, five, six or something on the on the right keypad? Anyhow, last week, yeah. T. Brian Nelson, how we do there? Who'd you play there? So we had Cam Champ, and I had mentioned how he has made the cut at every tournament he's played in in Texas. He got another made cut this past week, but it was a T55. So I think if you played him, it wasn't an outstanding play. But uh, at the same time, I only kind of promised he was going to make the cut. Um, 
So, you know, it kind of is what it is. I think it's kind of a very neutral strokes game number for him. This week, though, we're going with Harris English. Um, this is a little bit of a gut play with Harris English. He's at, coming in at 7-2 on DraftKings. He's a Sea Island guy, you know, so just south of Savannah in Georgia, which isn't far from Kiwa Island. His play last year, at the end of last year, a little bit at the beginning of this year, it was so good because his approaches were so great, and he was just striking the ball. I think he was like top 12 in approach for last year. He fell off there for two or three months, but he slowly improved in the last four. Um, he's getting better. I'm kind of just going with the gut play this week that, that you know, the familiarity with the Atlantic coast, uh, maybe a little bit of hometown love, you know, gets Harris English a, a good result this week. All right. So, yeah, let's see how that works out for us this week. One last segment here in the podcast, the one and done. Let's see. Sean's not here. I don't think we have a pick from him. So I that do, may be actually. Hard. Oh, you do? Okay. So yep. Sean still leads overall with about $2.4 million, even though he has two consecutive missed cuts. Uh, Lenny, you're still in second at, what, $1.04 million with two straight missed cuts? And yeah. I, I had a made cut this week to – you know, kind of grind up there, but only 17,000 is not going to do much for me with my loop list pick. So uh, just just for everyone to know, we basically, you know, this year we pick one golfer per tournament and we can't use them again unless they do win the tournament we pick them on. And then we go from there. But I, I guess I, by default, I was the winner this week. So you were. I, think, I think, Lenny, you're up. I am. So this week I'm going Jordan Speed. Um kind of just for all the reasons that I had mentioned before. Haven't played him yet. I know Sean made a great play with him at the Masters, so hopefully we can combo another great major finish for Jordan Spieth this week. For Sean, Sean did tell me his pick. He was going with his main guy, Rory McIlroy. Um, for those of you that know Sean, he's a big Rory fan, so he's excited for uh, Rory to return to his kingdom. What about uh, you, Nate? I'm going to go with the statistical uh, ideal play here this week of Webb Simpson. Haven't used him yet. I really wanted to use Bryson, but I'm going to hold out on that. I'm trying to play this long game here. So I'm going Webb Simpson here. Just just love how everything fits his game. And let's see if that gives me a result this week. But all right, guys, that's it for this week's uh, Out of the Rough podcast. I think we're on like week 14 or 15. You know, we're getting up there in uh, three or four months of this podcast coming at you weekly. So if you are a, a, a constant listener, subscriber of sorts, we appreciate you guys. Uh, just keep, you know, supporting us in either way, liking us, sharing our stuff, and we do appreciate it. So uh, let's see. What do we have next week on the schedule? Do you know off the top of your head? Off the top of my head, I don't. I've been uh, too focused on the championship this week. Yeah, the Charles Schwab. Would be next week, according to according to the Googles. We have the Charles Schwab Memorial, and then we're at the U.S. Open. So we have uh, within a within a calendar month. Is that is that how it goes? What is that called? Not a calendar month. I just guess a month. just a thirty <laughs> day span. There we go. We're gonna have two uh, majors. And, uh, you know, quick concession here, we'll, we're going to really just bust through these things. 
Um, just just knocking them out. U.S. Open, of course, the Open to finish this uh, this uh, season off in terms of majors. So a lot of golf to have and a lot more fun to have in our end. But until next time, guys, we'll see you.